What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Disgusted. I am upset. You feel me? I am from Virginia. I flew all the way in today to watch this. I'm sad. Frustrated. Got another Romo on our hands. Choke like a... Disappointed. We need another quarterback, another coach, everything. It don't matter to me. It don't matter. That's how Cowboys fans felt after watching the team implode once again in the playoffs. We need help. We need Jesus. Many blaming the coaches. Mike McCarthy losing at home against the Packers. I think legacy gone, man. Like, you won a Super Bowl with the Packers, and then you go take over a new team, and you lose at home against that team. Without Aaron Rodgers. You know, it's that's... embarrassing. Others, the quarterback. No more Dak Prescott. ASAP, new quarterback. Dak, get him out of here. Trey Lance, the next stud. Let's go. 12 and 5, 12 and 5, 12 and 5. Who cares when we lose like this to the freaking Packers? We shouldn't even be here. It's disgusting. Let's get a real head coach. And if he can't do it for us, let's get a new quarterback. I'm tired. Well, we've arrived here. Moment in time we knew would come, but. Didn't expect it to come this soon. The end of the Dallas Cowboys season comes back around. We're here to talk about it on About Them Cowboys on The Athletic, joined by The Athletic's own John Mishota, Saad Youssef. And to lead us through this one, maybe the happiest man in Dallas, Kevin KT Fun, wildcard round, Turner. Hey, KT. Truthfully, I feel no emotion these days when it comes to these things. Um, but uh, happy that it's over. Gonna... That's what I'm. Mean. Yeah. Oh my God! Yeah. Thank God it's over. Yeah. And obviously, um, you know, I think I'm in the boat. As long as the 49ers don't uh, win the Super Bowl, I'll be happy. I really hate the 49ers and have for a long time now. Let's go to John. Um, my God, there's a million places we can start here. Have at it, buddy. Yeah, I, I've told Saad this uh, in the last couple of days. Just. The thing that has annoyed me, I think, the most outside of the pathetic performance that the, the team showed on the field is is these fans of the team or uh, people that just don't like the Cowboys and these comments of, well, we all saw that. We all knew that was going to happen. Yeah, uh, just like it always. No, that's that's arguably the worst playoff loss the Cowboys have had in their franchise history. So this doesn't go back to Jason Garrett or Jimmy Johnson. This goes back to like 1960. I challenge you to find a playoff loss, maybe any loss that's worse than that. And there's just several factors that go into it. One, how talented the team was. You know, yes, there were, yes, they were without Trayvon Diggs and DeMarvian Overshone, Lane Vanderish, but for the most part, that was a pretty healthy team off of an experience bunch. This is their third straight year in the playoffs. This is three straight years of 12 wins. You're playing at home. You're playing arguably the worst team in the playoffs. Everything lines up for you to take care of business. Don't have to win by 20. Don't have to win by 10. Win by five. Uh, also, maybe just lose if it's close. To get completely embarrassed like that, it's like I come away from watching that game going, I don't even know if this has anything to do with the Packers. Now, now that I've had a chance to like look back and I'm like, is this a Packers thing? Because if you tell me that that Packers team can put up 27 nothing late in the first half, honestly, go beat the Niners then if they're, if they're on that level. Because I don't think... They are. I think they're about to lose by three touchdowns minimum to the Niners. And when that happens, there's a part of me I'll look back on that that game that I watched Sunday from the Cowboys and gone, 
eh, they might have lost to Carolina today. Like that's how poorly they played in all facets of the game. And 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 that's the crazy part. You can't point to one thing that they did well. Maybe Jake Ferguson played okay and Michael Gallup. Nothing else. Terrible on defense. Dak Prescott played another terrible playoff game. Uh, and Mike McCarthy lays an egg in just a just a huge game. A huge game. The, the, the way that the Eagles folded this season set you up perfectly to get to the NFC Championship game. Now, maybe you don't beat the Niners, but that should have been the minimum for this. And to play that the way that they did in that game embarrassing whatever word you want to use for it is sufficient in, in this case there's not there's nobody that can sit there and, and and not say they were part of the problem and when you watch that if you are a a cowboys fan i don't know how you get past that loss in terms of i was already a person that said i didn't care what happened until next year in the playoffs because i don't care about these regular seasons anymore we've seen them be the one seed the two seed the three seed the four seed the five that doesn't even matter anymore when you do that I don't care if you change out head coach, whatever. Nothing's going to happen during the season. Nothing's going to happen in the next few weeks. Draft, don't care, free agency. That should make anybody really care about this team until January to where maybe next year they can show you that they're different. But 365 days between now and whenever that could potentially happen, I don't know why you would care about the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, I, I think one thing that I'll add to that, yeah, I know and I know uh, John feels the same way, but like, like one name that needs to be mentioned, like, yeah, Mike McCarthy laid an egg, but Dan Quinn laid a laid a freaking goose egg. <laughs> like, I mean, that thing. I mean, that defense was so bad. I mean, it was so like, I I I could have never seen. I I didn't see that coming. Just because I could have seen you. You could have sold me that Aaron Jones was going to look like that. Of course, Aaron Jones always looks like that against the Cowboys. I would never have imagined that Jordan Love was going to look like Aaron Rodgers in his prime against the Dallas Cowboys. With those receivers in his playoff debut, I mean, it it's ridiculous. And like, and it's not just about, I mean, he had some really, really impressive throws for sure. But I think I think the play that really sums it all up is that Luke Musgrave touchdown. I mean, there's nobody in the same zip code as Musgrave. And it's like yeah, he made a nice throw off his back foot and stuff like that. But the Cowboys led the NFL in pressures this year um, against uh, against uh, opposing quarterbacks, forty four percent or something like that. They they pressured pressured snaps against Jordan Love was four, and not only was it four. He was four for four for 113 yards and a touchdown on those plays. It was just inexcusable to me. Like I said, we knew that they had a bad run defense. We knew Aaron Jones um, always lights him up. The way they got lit up by Jordan Love was unacceptable. And just to be clear, I'm not letting McCarthy, Prescott, none of them off the hook. John covered that already. But I'm just saying, for me, the defense, I mean – you cannot you you cannot in the preseason. I wrote about the defense and and Micah Parsons talking about we're real Ray Lewis Ravens and Legion of Boom. Like that is a quote from Micah Parsons. And you let up the most points in postseason history of the Dallas Cowboys. And by the way, 48 points that they had never allowed more than 38 in a game. The Packers scored 48 when the fourth quarter began. I mean Jordan Love had a 158.3 perfect passer rating with five minutes left in the game. It was it was just the the biggest 
egg in the world laid by Dan Quinn and the defense not to let off Dak Prescott and all that stuff. But man, it was just, you just cannot have that. You guys have seen all the stats going around about Dan Quinn defenses against Kyle Shanahan, tree teams, Rams, which would have been your other option there. San Francisco, things like that. You know, I, I don't know. I keep coming back to how are you not ready to go? How are you not ready to go? Offense and defense. Packers get the ball. They come into your house and say, we're going to take the ball and we're going to score. And they go 12 plays, 75 yards, eight-minute drive, hit you in the mouth. And then you get a little action. When Dak crossed midfield, that very first drive, Dak crossed midfield on that run, I thought, okay, they are going to score a bunch of points on this Packers defense. I really thought they were going to. You had that third and five play, and it's kind of like off the hands of CeeDee Lamb and a little bit of miscommunication. I've never once, let me just give you the the TV viewer's uh, perspective because you guys were, you know, in the press box. But I know you guys have probably seen this. I've never heard an A-team uh, NFL broadcast speak so much in the first half of a playoff game talking about chemistry and body language and things like that. They've spent a lot of time on that. And it was very visible, but I don't know that it was any more than – you know, Dez was misunderstood for years, ranting and raving on the sidelines. So I don't know what all that was. Was he? Was he misunderstood? Well, or who knows? Really, you know, or, right? or does that I, sometimes? I mean, when was. you don't, when you don't make a deep playoff run in this entire time throughout, everything's on the table. Maybe I don't think that is a good sign. Look at the way that this team has played. You don't even need to watch. Like when they've played poorly this year, you're talking about this game: Arizona, San Francisco, uh, Buffalo. You didn't Buffalo, even need they to watch. Their ass. Yeah, you don't even need to watch the second halves of these games. It's already yeah. in the bag. You know, when they're showing in, in, in the first half of this game, Mike McCarthy having to go over to CD Lamb on the bench first quarter, I'm just like, wow, this is a bad sign. This is and they're at home. That's the thing that can't be lost in this. This is not 10 degree frozen tundra. Hey, we got we got dealt a bad hand. We got to go play in Green Bay. No, you were playing in your building, having won 16 in a row there. Best team at home in the NFL this season. Like, I, it's it's a head scratcher. There's not. A single human being, Packer fan, Cowboy fan, just NFL fan, whatever, that could have predicted this to happen. There's just no way that you could have predicted it to be this bad, where, let's be honest, the Packers could have easily put 60 on them. Can we? Can I just ask a question? I mean, like, uh, we're doing a lot of things we'll hit in this podcast, so we'll be all over the map here, I think. Can you... You've done this a few times, but it's not like we've hired a bunch of head coaches in the last 15 years. Hell, since you've been covering the team, John, it's been... Garrett Two. and McCarthy. That's it. What is the process of, okay, I meet with the media after the game. This week they're meeting at the Star. I mean, you have a bunch of names. The The, the big thing that stands out to me that's different than the 2020 coaching hire where you interviewed Marvin Lewis and then hired Mike McCarthy is we were talking about unproven names like Matt Rule and Lincoln Riley and God knows whoever else you want to come up with then. Boy, now, realistic or not, I'm just telling you the coaching legends that are available and Belichick and Nick Saban, if you want to call Pete Carroll a coaching legend, Jim Harbaugh, I wouldn't consider him a coaching legend personally, but big name. These are all A-list names here. It's way different than the C-listers that we had available you know, in 2020. Does that tantalize Jerry a little more? Is he still dealing with the emotion and frustration of this loss? What is the standard procedure of going and meeting and doing end-of-year evaluations and having legit discussions about this? Like, how does that all work, or do they just keep that mystery for a reason? 
Well, it's a Dallas Cowboys, so there's no standard procedure with anything. Uh, when, I mean, Jerry Jones is going to do yeah. this at Jerry Jones's pace. I will say that after the game, how frustrated Jerry was, I felt pretty confident that he wouldn't be able to get past. For being a guy that said the week before all these glowing things about Mike McCarthy, but then dot, 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 we'll take it one game at a time in the playoffs. Not exactly a, a great vote of confidence there. So you put together that performance, and you're just like, that's the one performance that Mike McCarthy probably can't overcome. And so I'm like, but he'll sleep on it. And I don't know about you guys, but like when I woke up the next morning and then even today, I think it's worse than what I watched because there was a <laughs> level of like shock when you're watching it. But when you look back and then also you get to see, oh, what is this? Oh, oh, hold on. What's going on in these other games? Oh, geez. It's a wild card team. All right. Taking care of business at home. All right. Uh, next game. Oh, another wild card team taking care of business at home. Huh, interesting. Uh, so you get to yeah. factor more things in, and you're like, that is that is such a bad loss, and, and it just keeps getting worse. And honestly, I think there'll be some icing on this cake, because again, I just don't think the Packers will be competitive against the Niners. That's the oh, yeah. saving, that is a saving grace. There's two things that could be a saving grace to Mike McCarthy and this Cowboys team. One did happen the other day, and that's with with how bad the Eagles looked, there is a possibility that they move on from Sirianni and their turn that like they lose some guys, Kelsey retires and stuff like that, where I could see Jerry sitting back and going, you know, we're kind of in the catbird seat to just run this division. Let's run, let, let's just let Mike coach out this final year of his contract and talk himself into something like that. That's a possibility. And then also if the Packers look really good against the Niners and it's a competitive game and who knows, maybe, okay, they beat the Niners or something. That would make you look a little bit better because you're like, hey, maybe it's not as bad as we thought, you know. But I, I sit here today, two days after, and I think it's even worse now. When you get to factor in the whole scope of the season, what this team is built to, what they had on the field in that game, and just how bad they looked. For it not even to be competitive, I don't know how you can just sell to the fan base, ah, you know what, we're just going to run it back, you know? Whatever whatever the Latin slogan is for run it back, yeah, let, we'll put that on the t-shirts next year. That'll be that'll be what we go with. Like, who who would care about that? I understand there is a there's a faction of the fan base that they don't care. They're going to love the Cowboys no matter what. But if you're realistic, what would get you like why would you care about the draft? Why would you care about free agency? Why would you care about training camp? Like, what would get you motivated? I'll tell you why, John. Cuz Cowboys have the 23rd pick this year. 4th, 24th. 24th. Get hyped. What it is, John, is life sucks, and most people hate their jobs, and they need that distraction. True. So any bit of Cowboys news, I mean, that, that's yeah. a part of it. I, I truly think, and that's a, that's an NFL thing. That's not a Cowboys team. I know the Cowboys get the uh, get the glory of that and get to call themselves America's team, and Jerry should get a little bit of credit for all that stuff. But dude, that's a that is a, just a real life getting older thing. I think. And, and real quick, like, let me just throw this in here because you know? this has been on my mind. Uh, the last couple of days because when you cover this team and you have for the last 13 years and it's such a big part of your life when you move down to Texas all your family and friends for the most part are up in Michigan you come down here by yourself and your whole life is dedicated to covering this team losses like that on Sunday really hit home the whole idea of like in this profession of what I do it's it's like if you cover like maybe the Steelers or the Ravens or the Niners or some of these like Packers like really solid organizations it's almost like if you're a journalist and you're covering like healthcare or the school system or Pulitzer Prize winners. And and Sunday was just another reminder to me that John, you cover the Kardashians. That's what it is. It's not even there's there's no substance to it. It's just it's all for show. You know, 
they're just we'll yeah. just keep the cycle going. Like there'll that. always be some there'll always be some drama. Like but 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 when you look at the mirror every morning, don't think that you're doing anything serious. Yeah, I I think I think <laughs> for me really everything good. about like got, like people buying in to me that that's that that's more directed at the diehards, the people that are like super like you know following into it all and like you know trying to evaluate if they're gonna buy in i i think the difference is and and i think like you know people said this on twitter and i agree i think cowboys fans will definitely be monitoring and following and things like that but it's the level of passion and the level of belief and i think the only way that that you know you can really register that is by making a change at head coach or something because you can't make a change it really anywhere else um, so I think that's you one could. thing, but I think well, you could hire a general yeah. manager. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely but, uh, could. But, but I mean, yeah. you, you have, you just don't call him that. Right. I mean, yeah. Well, I guess, but my, uh, my, co- I'm sorry. I do this sometimes, but my, my co-host in the, uh, on the radio show that I do in the mornings on 97, one, the freak, his name's Danny Bayless. And he had a really funny said, it's like a, cause your Kardashian thing took me here, John. He's like, it's like if you're on a dating app and you see Margot Robbie. So you're like, yeah. And then, oh, we're going to meet up and we're going to go to a date. Our first date will be at AT&T Stadium. And uh, you get there and it's Rhea Perlman instead. And you're like, damn it, that is not what I thought. <laughs> I am struggling yeah. with the fact maybe they showed us what they were all year long. Maybe they did show us and we didn't know because they are beating the commanders by 20. Um, when you aren't competitive against San Francisco, against Buffalo – um, those wins over the Eagles certainly don't th- – that one win over the Eagles does not look near as impressive as it did. You know, you did kind of show – and also okay, you should okay, okay. well, I got to stop you, you I got to stop you here. Yeah, I got to stop you. They did not lose 28-27 to this Packers team. They got blown off yeah. the map. So I can't yeah. go back and do dissections of individual games this year because none of them look like that. And you know what? Forget the Cowboys. Let's do a dissection of the Packers. Who are they popping in the mouth like that this year? Where is their game that looks like that? Where's their game at all? They're Detroit. not. They're not like Detroit. that. They're not like that. They are not that type of a team. They are not oh, no, that no, good to not. be doing t- stuff like that. They are not like that. And and but my thing is, is that it's just not this season for me. You cannot sit there and say that this is overrated Cowboys when they win twelve games in the regular season, three years in a row. If you think that's fool's gold and that doesn't carry any weight, show me the other organizations that are doing this. This is a parity-driven league. And every year you get a new schedule that's based off of how good you were the year before. And guess what? This isn't Nick Saban recruiting at Alabama where you always get the top players. When you have a really good season, you know what you get next year? An even tougher schedule. And when you have a good season that season, you know what you get the next year? An even tougher schedule. To run it off 12, 12, and 12 like that, there is nothing to look back on and go, ah, we should have seen this coming. We should have known that this was going to happen against the Packers. No way. Exactly, yeah. Why do I, as a... Guy who has not been a defender of McCarthy, why do I keep coming back to maybe the best thing to do is run it back? Is that because it's probably what'll happen? I mean, that, I, I, that's I, not going to be popular with the fans. I I know that, but you know, you know, how, that's rational. It's a rational thought. Yeah. I, I don't think you're crazy for that at all because to me, the, when I say I think they're going to make a head coaching change and they almost need to. I'm not saying that from a football standpoint. I'm saying Jerry, the marketer, the marketing standpoint of Jerry is is gonna feel like how like I don't want to lose this fan base. I don't want to like I don't want to I don't want to have interest dissipate and apathy set in. I remember Mark Cuban said this a long time ago. 
worst thing in sports is when is when you're on the uh, treadmill of mediocrity and you're on and your fan base gets apathetic. And I think I don't think Cowboys fans are there yet, but I think Jerry is scared of that happening. But I don't think there's anything irrational about wanting to run him back because yeah, I mean it was a bad show. It was a really bad showing on Sunday. But I mean, the to me, like again, the offense was atrocious. Defense was equally as atrocious. And Dan Quinn is over here taking five head coaching interviews this week. Like this is not this is not something where it's like this disqualifies you from now being a head coach because of how bad that game was. Clearly not. Clearly, Dan Quinn is still is still get. So I don't think you're irrational for thinking that. And, I, and it's not going to be popular for people to hear, especially not because as as John and I talked before about before, it's more about what's flooding these these this free agency market with coaches. It's the Belichick, Harbaugh, Vrabel, maybe Mike Tomlin, maybe what wh- maybe whatever, and that's where you start going like. Like, ah, because if, if you didn't have any, any of these things, I think we'd be sitting here going like, you're not upgrading over Mike McCarthy right now. We're, the only thing, the only reason why we're having all these conversations is because of Belichick is out there because Vrabel and Harbaugh and all these guys are out there. Yeah, no, this was definitely the time where you would look back and in, in, in previous years where you'd be like, oh, well, Jerry's going to go get Sean Payton now. Jerry's going to go get Sean Payton. And there's not an obvious guy like that that fits in it. Um, whether you talk about Belichick, who you could also make the argument that the game's passed him by, talk about Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin can't handle a question about one year left on his contract. Do you think he's going to handle Jerry outside the locker room talking after every game, doing two radio interviews a week? He's not built for for being the Cowboys coach. He wouldn't be able to handle that. Uh, And then you go to Jim Harbaugh, who he's got his quirks. There's just not not an obvious answer with any of this. And then the young dudes, the Ben Johnsons, the Bobby Slowicks, they're not doing that. Again, Jerry, he doesn't have time to in his life to go with the young, this is going to be first time head coach, not after all the years he put in doing it that way with Garrett. So he isn't going that way either. Not to get too far off topic. I just think that this is a really good nugget and it needs to be included for anybody listening to this. So I do a podcast on the Cowboys website and one of my uh, coworkers on there, former Cowboys player, Isaiah Stanback brought up a great point uh, this morning on our show and mentioned how, big it was for Stefan Gilmore to suffer that shoulder injury yeah. because he wouldn't be able to play the typical man. It's come out that's torn labrum. We're going to have to have surgery. And so they had to play a lot more zone because of that, which was obviously evident with the way they were playing. You could tell that on that back end of the defense, they did not look sure of themselves. Guys running wide open as if it was really Greg Jennings, Jordy Nelson, whoever, like Randall Cobb all together, which these guys, maybe they do become that, but they, they're not that good of a receiving core right now today that they should be running around like that. And so I do think that that was an interesting point. Yeah. With that being said, Still not an excuse for what you saw there on the field. Still not an excuse to not have any pass rush. Uh, still not an excuse for Jordan Love to just basically put up almost a perfect game uh, against them. I mean, I tweeted in the first half that he looked like Aaron Rodgers against the Cowboys. He looked better. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, and, and look, their, their top two wide receivers had one catch. Like, you weren't even beat by their two best guys. You got beat by their third best guy, Romeo Dobbs. The peewee play, the peewee football play that Saad talked about just stands out as, okay, something was wrong all week in the preparation for this game. Uh, I, I thought, uh, you know, from an NBC uh, TV watching perspective that night, I thought Jason Garrett and, and Devin McCourty weighed, weighing in on things was interesting. Devin McCourty said 
Because whatever you say about Bill Belichick, they would not show up not ready to play for a playoff game. Now, maybe he's a Belichick homer or whatever. No, I'm not advocating right. for that, by the way. I'm not a, a, a head coach in their 70s does not get me going, okay? But, but you know, you got to start asking questions. You might be sure. losing Dan Quinn anyways, whether you want him or not. I'll say this. The Packers have been chanting for, for a month about firing their uh, defense coordinator, Joe Barry. Like, dude, the the Green Bay fans would probably take Dan Quinn even after what happened to be like, yeah, that's actually an upgrade. But there's something there about Dan Quinn dealing with these defenses. There's something there about what was there tactically to stop anything, and we still couldn't uh, stop the run. I kept coming back to this. The Cowboys are good at the draft. Oh, because all this is circular. That's not just one person, but that's what makes it worse, I think. I think it's almost easier when you can go, well, my guy didn't catch the onside kick, and that's why we lost the game. Or we had a fourth quarter fumble. I think it's a little easier. Or you have a bunch of injuries, or your team really isn't as talented as you, whatever. When it's literally everyone, and like, dude, the Cowboys draft good. We all agree with that, right? Mm -hmm. Mozzie Smith didn't give you anything on Sunday. Luke Schoonmaker didn't give you anything positive on Sunday. The Packers were getting contributions up and down the chart. Two second-round tight ends. Their first-round draft pick, Van Ness, got a sack. Their fifth-round cornerback, Carrington Valentine, helped shut down C.D. Lamb for a bit of that game. Like, when you're getting contributions from all these dudes, rookies, it is a little bit of a heads-up. Like, sometimes this organization takes segments of the offseason off. They never signed free agents. This year, they made up for it a little bit by trading fifth-round picks for Gilmore, for Brandon Cooks. Those are good, savvy moves, and we applaud them for that. Boy, they missed that draft, at least from year one, and it would have helped to have a little more action there on Sunday from rookies and other names. I, I keep coming back to that, man. The Packers beat you there. Yeah, and 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 one thing, another one I want to throw in is that, that fourth-round pick right tackle that the Packers had – uh, 2022, not a rookie, but second yeah. year, fourth round pick. He went nine for nine against Micah Parsons. That, Walker, that's right? that's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, and 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 the other, the one thing I will say though uh, also is that I'm not gonna let Dan like I'm not letting Dan Quinn off the hook or something like that. But what was really jarring to me, as bad as the first half was, it, that included a Dak interception deep in his own territory and a Dak pick six. So. He gave them 14 points, right? Um, the the defense gave up 14 themselves, and um, and some of that was, you know, like the the players, Deron Bland, illegal contact, things like that. What was really jarring to me was you come out in the second half, you just scored at the end of the half. First of all, when when the offense kicked a field goal on the first drive, I was like, yeah, it's over. But regardless, defense comes out, Aaron Jones goes untouched into the end zone from 10 yards out. That's the first thing. You respond to that by Luke Musgrave wide open. I mean, that's just a complete collapse when you needed your defense to finally tighten up. You go into halftime, make adjustments. You needed, if you had any chance at a wild comeback, you needed your defense in those two drives, the first two drives, to tighten up as much as possible. They didn't even maintain playing bad defense. They just stopped playing defense on those two drives. And I think that is what was really disappointing too, is that, you know, when you look at those two, I mean, the the defense was not good in the first half either, but they just were non-existent in the, uh, in the second half. And I think that was disappointing. 
But KT, you're right about like, you know, the, the, the production that you got from young players across the board, all that stuff. I think, I think that's all really, really important to consider when you look at the context of the game. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I also think like when you look at everything that's going to happen here, right? I don't know when, who, like if Jerry's still frustrated, yeah, I guess a movement he can be talked off the ledge maybe on some things. Oh, you're left on McCarthy's contract around ten million dollars. It's going to cost you twenty million, whatever, to hire the next guy if you want to go that route of a big name. KT won. He won the Super Bowl in year five in Green Bay. You got to give him another year. I told you, they nearly missed the playoffs that year. There's tons of McCarthy playoff disappointments, too. That uh, It's easy to say now that I failed to point out. But you want to see Again, Mike if McCarthy. That was 28-27, that's one thing. How about that the 15-1 team? There? I mean, the 15-1 and one team, after the 2010 Super Bowl, they went and got beat by Eli Manning's Giants at home at Lambeau Field. Like this, what was McCarthy the score? not having his guys ready to play is something that has happened multiple times in the playoffs. What not was the score team. of that game? I don't remember. It was bad. It wasn't tight in the beginning. Like like sixty to fourteen? Because that's no, basically no, the game no, I watched. No, no, not childish like this game on Sunday. That's what I'm saying. Like the people bringing up oh seven, oh Cowboys lost to the Giants. Excuse me? In what yeah. world are we, is that apples to apples? No, they were not. not competitive. They would have lost to Bryce Young and the Panthers in that game. Yeah. I don't know yeah, how it was thirty seven thirty seven twenty. I tried to tell people, too, getting two holding calls on Micah Parsons here and there is not going to change that much. <laughs> like, Dude, that was, got honestly, that, like, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm glad he got that, but that was the most overrated, overdriven narrative that was going on. I'm not well, saying the, narr- the, the narrative is that with him is that he drops off as the season goes on. Yeah. Hey, yeah. well, they're, they're a Cadillac team, too, though. There's your bigger narrative, though. Uh, it's less about Micah, you know? My, Mike is not like Mike is not a problem. You, I mean, uh, the question is about the quarterback, I guess. Like, damn, I do, dude. I don't want Mason Rudolph quarterbacking my team. <laughs> you watch that, and you go, I don't want that. But God, that was just basic. The Savage pick six. I give him a little bit of leeway even on the Jair Alexander. You know, ball. that's just Jair Alexander making a good play on that first interception. What a good pass, but like it was a good play, a cornerback going and getting a cornerback one making a, a cornerback one play. I mean, do we need to talk about him? I have defended him for years, and I'm sitting here going, I don't know. How how are we starting slow in every playoff game? Especially at home, man. That's the thing. I, I, I keep think, going back to that Niners game two years ago when you know Mike McCarthy said after the game, Yeah, I think I think the guys were a little nervous. And then the way you see them play in this one, you're just like a home wild card game, that's the best home field advantage you can have because you're getting a home game and you're playing a seed that's lower than you. You know, not to mention that you're the two playing the seven. You know, that that's set up for you to win that game. And at the very worst, if you show up and you play your D game, 
yeah, you might lose it late, you know? It, it might be like the Lions game where you're like, yeah, you know what? They played okay, but, you know, a couple plays happen late and they lose. To just never be in the game from the very start with as much talent as this roster has is just stunning. I just, you, it's one thing to yeah. lose and, and to choke. It's another thing to just completely lay that type of an egg. There is just no excuse for that. Yeah, I think, uh, I think, KT, to your point about Dak, I think, uh, yeah, I, I've been a big Dak defender always. And, you know, I still think he's, you're, you can't move on from him for multiple reasons. One, because of the cap ramifications. And two, um, you're, there's no one out there that's better right now. And, and everyone knows that. Like, I mean, that's, that's a fact. Um, what you can do and now what I think the Cowboys need to do is what the Packers did twice and what the Patriots did. Uh, when I think of organizations and, and things like that, the iconic ones, those two come to mind. Tom Brady won his third Super Bowl in 2004. I'm not saying they were looking for a Tom Brady succession plan, but they drafted Jimmy Garoppolo in the second round of 2014. The Super Bowl drought was at 10 years, one decade. And I'm not saying they were looking to replace Brady, but things were, I mean, you don't invest a second round draft pick in Jimmy Garoppolo just for nothing. And Trey, that's why they got Trey Lance, huh? <laughs> yeah. Um, but. And then the Packers, they did it twice. Brett Favre is is still balling, and you go get Aaron Rodgers, bottom of the first round. Right around the area, by the way, where the Cowboys are going to be picking this year. And then Aaron Rodgers is still balling, and you go get Jordan Love. And go look at how both of those moves works out for the Packers. And so, for me, it's not so much that you're moving on from Dak right now. I think he probably gets an extension really soon um, in this offseason. It's more about you need to come to terms with the fact that you need to be looking at a succession plan just in case. Thing. Now, Jimmy Garoppolo was drafted in the second round. Tom Brady went off for the second half of his career. Fine, trade him away. Go get your second round pick back by trading him away. But you need to start looking at investments, real investments, not Trey Lance gambles. You need to look at a real investment at your backup quarterback position for someone who is a backup but can also be a starter because Cooper Rush is an excellent backup quarterback. Cooper Rush is the kind of backup quarterback you want to have behind Patrick Mahomes, behind those kind of guys where you know that you only need a backup for a few games. I'm talking about getting this hybrid backup, maybe someday starter type guy. You say that about Trey Lance, but you only say that because it's the Dallas Cowboys. Because you would not say that about Trey Lance if it was those Bill Belichick Patriots yeah. back in Brady's day made that move. And you would not say that about the Packers if they had made that move. Yeah. But it's because it's the Cowboys. That's why you think that way. And deservedly so. Yeah, that's true. Well, the, the way that the Cowboys are thought about is not ever going to change. We know this because they are on a well, historical run <laughs> of not going deep into the playoffs. But people are hey, going to uh, be there. They're going to sell out. theory. Random theory I got out here, speaking of them choking all the time in the playoffs. I wonder how much social media factors in to pressure on today's current Cowboy. And I say that because, obviously, these guys live on their phones, much like we do. And you get to hear every single thing that's being said about you. And I just feel like there's got to be more pressure on a Cowboys player right now, knowing everything that's out there. And I do think because of that, they probably do carry a little bit of like, it's not really Dak's fault what Tony Romo did. It's not really Romo's fault what, you know, Quincy Carter did. 
But every year that goes by that they don't get it done, and every year that goes by they continue to choke in the playoffs, I do think that the pressure does get to a level of not where you just have a complete collapse, but when things start going wrong, I think that that might factor in on just like where guys are like, oh, here we go again. Yeah. No, maybe. And that could build on you. And if you want to go ahead and quit, that's fine. Well, we just saw your division rivals, again, fold up their lawn chair and call it a night. You know? I mean, they said, screw it. We're done with this fireworks show. In week nine, you know? So if you want to do that, it's fine. I mean, look, these guys are all compensated uh, very nicely, especially your high-end guys. Uh, you know, the, 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 the one of the, like, legit effing dogs on this team is Demarcus Lawrence, who I love, and I think he's one of the most underrated Cowboys of all time. I, I mean that. Huge penalty, first drive of the game. It's everyone. It's all up and down the game. Everyone. And, dude, let's say you get two stops in that game and you you win because you're, on paper, the better team. Let's say you get two stops. Okay, that's great. Then you're going to host Detroit? I think Detroit comes in and smacks you in the face is what I think happens. Aiden Hutchinson, after they won on Sunday night, said, man, we won in Dallas, but, yeah, I guess we'll play the Bucks." <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, Don't we wanted Dallas had a great wanted. night. Imagine what Almon Ra would do against you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what, <laughs> what do we, do? dude? This team, this team. There's a there's a bit of toughness there. I think. Yeah. Not everyone, but some. They weren't coming in and stopping the run and flying around like we've seen them do. And maybe they peaked out, dude. Maybe this is it. Maybe this is the most you would get out of this team with Dak, CD, Micah Parsons as your stalwarts. Trayvon Diggs got hurt. Also- Maybe this is let, it. Maybe let me this, say is this as far as we can go. Divisional round of the playoffs. Let's rework it. Maybe it is blow it up. I don't think that way, and I don't want to be a guy. I would rather bitch about a twelve and five team than bitch about a four and thirteen team. That's me, okay. But there, are, it's. I think all options should be on the table here. And quite frankly, yeah. I do keep coming back to: Is it probably the rational and reasonable thing to do to just run it back? Yes. I don't think you can do that. I do think heads have to roll. I think you're being very complacent if you just sit there. It ain't like firing McCarthy is just going to fix this, but you got to do something. And that's where I come back to a tone setting type of thing. And I don't want Harbaugh because I think Harbaugh is kind of a dumb guy who ends up with soft landings. I kind of think he's a meatball. Okay. But like, that's where I do keep going back. Well, maybe there's something to having your guys ready to play. I don't know. Yeah. Katie, two things. First of all, like I get it, and I want to combine what you said with what John said about the weight of the past failures. Because, because if you if you really like, I understand where you're coming from. Of like, maybe that you're never gonna the 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 answer is always maybe you're this is never gonna happen with this group until it happens. And 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 then when I say yeah. that, when I say that, just look at the Colts and Peyton Manning, drafted in '98. 98 to 2005, eight years in the NFL, first eight years, one AFC championship appearance, never made it to the Super Bowl. 2006, wins the Super Bowl, all of a sudden, all that Peyton Manning can't win and Tom Brady, boogeyman, Patriots, all that stuff. I get it. Uh, Dak and the Cowboys have not really gone against necessarily the Patriots, but the 49ers have kind of been their boogeyman in that way. Now, can't explain Sunday what happened there. But my point is, 
eight years, Manning couldn't break through. And I remember that this is when I would like became an NFL fan. And I remember everyone talking about Peyton Manning, great regular season quarterback, racked up a couple of MVPs, can't get it done in the playoffs. Then in 2006, he gets it done. Two years go by, 2009, he's back in the Super Bowl. He throws that pick six to Tracy Porter, ah, Peyton Manning, the choker again. Again, like my point is the narrative holds until it doesn't hold. And so for yeah. me, it's it's one of those things where I and maybe you're right. Maybe because you know what? You what what because I, I can say that and like Peyton Manning, look, he eventually broke through. For every example like that, there's 10 Philip Rivers. There's 10 those examples where things never happened. And you never won with that guy. So I'm not trying to say that sticking uh, keeping the band together and like, yeah, Dak is eventually gonna break through. My point is you just sometimes you just never know. I mean, it was again Peyton Manning's ninth year when he finally broke through and even got to his first Super Bowl. And so yeah, it, it, it's a little bit of that, but I think with Manning, there was so much success and things like that. And also there wasn't this 30 years lingering behind Manning's failures. It was always like it was always the clock started for Manning in nineteen ninety-eight when he got into the league. The clock started for Dak Prescott when when Chad Hutchinson took the snap back in 2003. You know what I mean? So, like, that's the difference, I think, for those two situations, though. Yeah, when you go to the Colts, you're just not going to have the same pressure that you do. So if Peyton Manning had been drafted by the Cowboys in 1998, he would have all of that on top of it. You know, the fact that he's the number one overall pick, probably top five player all time. Everybody knew how great he was in the moment. It's not like he kind of surprised anybody like Brady did going from sixth round pick into superstar. Everybody knew that he was, you know, face of the league type player. Now doing it with the Cowboys, I just think there's even more pressure that would have been on him every year that he didn't go make a deep playoff run. Uh, And that's why also I I wouldn't just sit there and go, oh yeah, just get rid of Dak and get somebody else in here. Because there's just a lot of players that are out there that, might be doing okay in their situation. I'll give you a great example with the Lions. Like, Jared Goff. Jared Goff isn't the one turning around this Cowboys team. You know what I'm saying? Like, Baker Mayfield having a great year. for Baker Mayfield's not coming to the Cowboys and being the answer to, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's a different spotlight on you when you're with the Cowboys. I don't think that if – if I'm sitting here looking at Dak, and I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I think he's going to win the Super Bowl. I don't think he's going to. He's a great guy. Love covering him. He's by far the my favorite person I've ever covered uh, in in sports. I just think he's a great dude. But there's just been too much that he's shown in the postseason in big moments for you to think all of a sudden that that's just going to flip. With that being said, I I still think that he gives you your best chance comparatively to like you know Kent said earlier, Justin Fields. I'm not doing that. I'm not making him like that's not going to be any better. Yeah, I, look, I, like I said, I, I understand that, and I agree with that. Like, uh, I'm just saying, like, man, I remember I remember watching Peyton Manning 2002 lose 41 to nothing to the Jets in 2002 in the divisional round of the playoffs, 41 to nothing. And that's the year before he won MVP and everything. So I, I, I get it, and, that's, and I'm not saying Dak is going to turn it around because all that is different. I'm just saying that's where it's, it's harder to just say. And like, and sometimes like all it takes is one, one run sometimes. And it does it like your perception of Joe Flacco will always include that 2012 run because he did it once, but then he never did it again, but he's always going to be, it's always like, yeah, he, the guy can get the job done because he did it once. 
I mean, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. Uh, we're to believe though that if they had a if they had a succession plan, Dan Quinn would have been it. Did that change? If it's twenty one sixteen, is it something where no, you know twenty one sixteen? We wouldn't even be talking about McCarthy. I mean, we would be talking about it, but it wouldn't be the level that it is right now. Where I really felt like Mike McCarthy could have lost in the first round, and I still would have been like, okay, well, they'll probably keep him because three consecutive 12-win seasons, they're building in the right direction, the roster's solid, all that. But to have that result, that's where all of a sudden everything has to be in question. You can't, you can't, whatever you thought going in that game, it's it's all up in the air now. And it starts at the top. We all know that. We're not, no one's dodging that. We all know, like, it all starts with Jerry and, and filters down. So it's not like, I was like, I don't want to, some things go without saying. Jerry, after the game, was like, talking about next week already and i was like yeah man uh, yeah that filtered down too maybe just like oh, we're gonna be green bay no biggie uh, my morning last week uh, on the podcast was this if we're talking about a pa- uh, cowboys loss it's gonna be because of we're gonna be talking about dan quinn and asking questions because the packers offense was playing really good and i think there's something to that too you look at these teams well those shanahan type teams make the playoffs mcveigh rams Shanahan 49ers making Brock Purdy be something. Matt LaFleur. I mean, we're seeing all that stuff. So I, I don't – there's something to that that's a cheat code in this league right now, and that could all change. To a certain level. I mean, he's not hoisting any trophies either, though. No, no, no. And he won't be maybe this he year. Does, maybe he does it this year. Maybe but. Shanahan is, but yeah. No, Go that's ahead, what Ken. I'm talking about. Yeah. His yeah, guy. He hasn't raced any trophies. McVay. You know, as much as Dan Quinn wears that 28-3 – Debacle, blown lead in the Super Bowl. I mean, Kyle Shanahan has to wear some yeah. of that too, doesn't he? I, I think the 49ers are going to win the Super Bowl. I think they're the best team all year long. Even getting smoked by the Ravens a few weeks ago, I think they've been the best team. So I think you'll see it. Yeah. But, but what you've got a good point there. Go ahead, Ken. I saw you want to jump in. For yeah, a two things. Don't you think this is a unique circumstance with Belichick being a free agent? Don't you think Jerry yes. has to make the call just because this is so unique? And I know I pro- y'all don't want to hear this, but it is the Cowboys and it is Jerry. How will this Netflix documentary affect all this stuff? Oh, that's probably part of the reason there. he was so dejected after the game, as he knew it was going to have a sloppy ending to his documentary. Right. Um, <laughs> Does he want it to end with him firing McCarthy? No, he's, right? it's going to end with him leaning over this suite that's next to the press box pulling J- Jimmy Johnson's name off the Ring of Honor. Uh, I, did, I, I did this because I thought I was going to lift the jinx, but obviously it's not, so take this Started a new one. Yeah. Um, what was the first one you said? Do you, should, do you think you should I'll, at least call Belichick? I'll, I'll say up. this. I, I, I have my doubts that everybody in the organization would love that move, and you know he's always obviously been a big part of their draft and development in New England, and I don't think they want to shake up the draft and development they have going on in Dallas because it's one of the strengths of the franchise. Yeah. Um, and then the other part of it is that you do have to factor in, like I think Bill Belichick is the greatest NFL coach of all time, but you also have to factor in that everybody's time kind of comes and goes, and I wonder how relatable he is to the current player nowadays with his like ways that he likes to go about things. Uh I don't, I don't know how receptive guys are to that nowadays. It's Maybe just they a need different, that, John. You, yeah, you say that, but why wouldn't the Patriots need that? Like, I'm just saying the last few years of him and coaching in New England, 
Yeah, but it makes me wonder, like, is that still working, his style like that? Because everybody gets to a point to where if you don't adjust, the times pass you by. You know, you can't you can't do that stuff that Bobby Knight was doing in the 80s. Not, you know what I'm saying? Like, you couldn't do that. You really couldn't even do it in the 90s and in the 2000s, much less now. So there is a part of, like, well, will he adapt and change? Because you do have to adapt to the current players. And the, and the thing is with Bill Belichick is I always wonder, like, as the years go by and, and you know, things change with the collective bargaining agreement in terms of, like, practice time, what you're allowed to do with players, drills you're allowed to do, can you get them on that type of a level that he was getting those Patriots teams in the 2000s? Maybe. Maybe he is the answer. I'm not I'm not saying he's not. I'm just saying that I don't think it's a slam dunk than it might have been five, six years ago. Let me let me just say this because um because uh for me growing up a Patriots fan I've like not been up close but I've been very in tune with the way Belichick does things. I think having Brady was just so and I'm not talking about on the field contributions um having Brady as kind of this mediator as this guy that you can just like six round pick rag on in the meetings and he doesn't get offended by it until 2019 2018 2019 um but like he doesn't and and like he's this guy that like you know teammates love him offense defense all that stuff i think that was huge and i'm not and i think Dak can maybe be that i don't know yeah everything but, you just said sounds like Dak. yeah and and maybe he can let me let me say why i do think belichick can work in this because last night Kent Garrison, our producer, retweeted a tweet, and it was Deep Blue, the Bill Parcells last ride. And I kid you not, it's like you're living in a simulation. Every single every single narrative and conversation is the same that you're hearing right now. Can they coexist? Bill Parcells has it passed him by, like you know, because he was with the Giants and then the Patriots and all the Jets and all that kind of stuff. And there was that whole thing that Bill Parcells quote of like. If they want to make have you like cook the dinner, they ought to let you buy the groceries. Then he's like on Sports Center or whatever, and he's talking about like, well, no, like you know, if 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 I have competent people around me and that can like do it, then that's fine. And as we've discussed, Cowboys can draft fine things like that. Um, and when you kind of look at all the parallels, and you see how much Bill Belichick has always revered Bill Parcells, and he knows that he's kind of done this. I think the Parcells factor is very interesting because. Um, but hold on, let me just Parcells... stop you right there. Where, where is that getting you, though? Did I, I miss the parade that Bill Parcells had in Dallas? Bill Parcells isn't but, even getting the results on, that Mike on, McCarthy hold is. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You're talking about Bill Parcells taking three straight five and eleven teams to the playoffs in his first year. Yeah. Your the starting point is so much different. You're not starting at five and eleven for three straight years. You're starting at twelve wins for three straight years. So the starting point. The starting point is so different. You're you're talking about the coexisting of the personalities. Well, also I'm talking about like how far you can go take them. I mean, you are you're starting at 12 wins, whereas Parcells was starting at three straight five win teams. So I think that's the difference. Where I understand there was no parades, but the first year that Parcells left, they won 13 games. I mean, he built that thing to, and I, and and I always wonder what happens if he sticks around. But here's the thing. Parcells, when he came in, he brought Darren Woodson in, and this is like in the Deep Blue documentary. He brought Woodson in, and he said, "I am blowing this up. I am tearing this to the ground." And I don't think he, I don't think Belichick has to do that. And so I think, I think that would you be a huge mistake in, to do that. Yeah, for sure. And, and, but like, but again, 
you're taking over three straight 12 win teams, not five and 11 teams. So for me, it's like, I think I give Belichick that where if he comes in and if he's able to, the, to bridge that gap, then I think, I think it could work. I, I think, but I also say if he doesn't bridge it, I think it would be an epic disaster. Like I think it would, sure. it, it would be catastrophic. Sure. Remember how yeah, Jerry said that part of the reason he did it was because people said he wouldn't do it too. I mean that was yeah. a big, yeah. that was a huge I mean, factor almost, in him bringing Parcells. Like, well, let's get that going. Let's get that going on social media right now. Let's, say that let's pull Jerry that. Jerry won't uh, do it. Pull that private jet into Teterboro and get <laughs> some meetings going. <laughs> Everything I keep going to, we are working from ground disaster. That's yeah. what we're working from. That's what Sunday was. Like, a couple things. What you guys write in June and July and August matters. And I'm just going to say this. All the talk. Kellen getting out of here. This is Mike McCarthy's year. We're getting him all the pieces he wants. People who have been with this franchise for a long time. Doug Nussmeyers and other names I'm just going to forget. You know, not around. This is McCarthy's chance this year. And that's what he did with it. And I think that's enough. And I think that stuff, I keep coming back to that. But you can no see the spin, quit. KT. The spin will be that, hey, in year five, you want it with the Packers. And, hey, this will be a, a second full off season to implement his offense with Dak. And look at how good it was with Dak and CD. Blah, blah, we can blah, take it blah, to blah, another blah. level. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let me tell you, teams you're teams are interviewing and hiring this week. And I think that's that, that spin makes sense a month from now. I think right now it's too close. So if you want to, you know, if they if they want to pussyfoot around about with this, and they might, that's cool. You know, they don't like to interview coaches either, at least on the little knowledge we have of this. Let's go ahead and acquiesce the Rooney rule, and then let's hire our guy. Let me just say this: I think Bill Belichick can work with Jerry Jones because I think it will be in a way where he doesn't have to be around Jerry as much. Steven will be in there, just kind of. Cutting that off a little bit. I think he did a little bit of that with McCarthy. And I think with Belichick, Belichick does have something to to prove. Belichick, do you want what? the Falcons job with Desmond Ritter and Taylor <laughs> Heineke? Do you want uh, – you have something to prove that you were not – that this was not all on Tom. Come do it here. Do it with Dak who get, get over the hump. Do it with a franchise who hasn't done it in 30 years. And also, there's a big conversation about the groceries. And I blowing out Will McClay if that were to happen. Dude, you wouldn't have to do that. The coaches do get to pick their players here. We saw it this year with two guys who and, and, did not affect the game on Saturday with coaches making those picks. So the idea that Will McClay just grabs every, is not true. It hasn't been. Like, he helps way, and sometimes does, but it ain't always true. That kind of bothers me. Yeah, and by the way, KT, one last thing I want to add on the Belichick thing, and, and this should not be, again, dismissed because of Jerry the marketer and all that kind of stuff. Belichick wants that Shula record and Jerry would love for Belichick to pass Don to bash to pass Shula for regular season wins by a coach in Dallas. And Belichick knows that, Hey, best case scenario, he wins the Super Bowl, takes the Cowboys to the mountaintop and all this stuff. Worst case scenario, you know, you're going to win regular season games and you're going to pass Shula in two years. And you know Jerry wants that to happen in Dallas, too. Jerry would love for that to happen in Dallas and have that whole thing going on here. So I wouldn't dismiss that that whole chase of of uh, all-time wins for a coach not being a factor as well that, hey, even for Belichick, if he doesn't even win a Super Bowl, if he gets to Shula's record in Dallas, Jerry's happy from a marketing standpoint. Belichick's happy from a coaching standpoint. Yeah, I think I think though that Jerry, the thing is though, he's got to get to a Super Bowl. So if he, I would feel like Bill Belichick would have to go out of his way to talk to Jerry about how 
I don't feel like I need to be doing the same stuff I was doing in New England. I really want this job. This is how I think I can work and, and, and make this thing. He would have to be someone that goes forward and says that, I feel like, for it to even have a chance. Because you also got to remember that as much as I, I understand what you're saying, Saad, about the the Don Shula record, there's always a part with me with Jerry that always believes that he doesn't want to go too far because if they do win it all, he wants to get a lot of the credit. And yeah. you hire somebody like Belichick and he wins, he's the one that's going to get the credit for a lot more. Well, a lot more credit than Jerry. Dak will get some credit, whoever, but he'll get more credit than Jerry will. And I, I guarantee you that's a factor Not with if Jerry. Jerry's the one that fires McCarthy and brings in Belichick. I think a lot yeah, of people you think, It's his move. That's how he should look at it, but he won't. He, yeah. He, yeah, but he won't. Um, but, but I think if Bill really wanted the job and really tried to sell it to Jerry that, hey, I can meld in with what you guys got going on right now with your scouting department and, and that, and I like what you got here. You know, I, I, I had a lot of success with Tom. I can do a lot of stuff I used with Tom, with Dak. Dak's very close. Let me do this. I could see it working, but Bill would have to make that move. It, it, it couldn't be the Bill Belichick that's been in New England for these last 20 years. Yeah, I mean, Parcells literally did that on national TV, made the plea to be the Cowboys coach, basically, mm-hmm. basically saying like, I can do it. I, I got this. Like I, I, me and Jerry Jones, we, we can work together. Like it's fine. Like I, like again, going back to the Deep Blue documentary. Like he literally said he was like he was like everyone thinks that I wouldn't I wouldn't be so sure about that. Um, sorry, I spent like an hour the, last night watching that. The one thing, uh, the one thing I will say though about the Belichick tree, though, man. Whew, when they leave, it's usually pretty ugly with what well, they leave okay. behind. Yeah, good. Sunday yeah. was ugly. Again, back to that's where we are. We are at ugly. Yeah, this goes. Uh, one more thing, KT. The, yeah, on, yeah, on Belichick. The whole reason you brought in McCarthy, you remember the opening press conference? Got to get it over the hump. This was already a playoff team when you brought in this guy. Yeah. Have they improved? I mean, yeah. I would, you know, well, maybe. getting Micah Parsons and CeeDee Lamb, that's an improvement. You know, yeah. I mean, they won but, twelve games in a row. I mean, that's um, for three years. I mean, that is an improvement. It's not the roller coaster. Was this it was, a success this season? This season no. wasn't, but it wasn't the roller coaster that you you rode with Garrett, where it'd be like eight and eight. Then you know, twelve went to, and now yeah, back to sure. eight and eight. Like you know what I'm saying? Like you had sustained success where it looks like it's building it's in the right you, direction. Why you brought it brought in this guy? No, of course not. <laughs> to, of course not to, to get to the playoffs. No, this, this guy was never the guy. This guy you was know? never yeah. the guy. I mean, yeah. I've. That's the whole thing. It's my frustration about it the first time. This guy was never the guy yeah. that everyone thinks he is. He's just not. He's yeah. fine. He's good. But he's not what everyone thinks he is. That drives me effing mm-hmm. nuts that people have never seen that. Two, okay, I'm, I'm going to end it with a I question. I think that I do for what, me that I keep going back to the 12 wins, three consecutive years because I think some people forget that he was their coach in 2020 and just how ugly that season was. And just seeing that from behind the scenes, I was like, oh, this is going to be an epic disaster. So I think one of my factors with all this, Kent, when you said this, is just like how bad I thought it was going to be. That you never would have convinced me that would have been after 2020, 12 consecutive win seasons. I mean, the stuff that I saw behind the scenes, I was like, oh, this is going to be so bad. Like, you're going to wish that that Garrett was back here. And then it gained steam and they, you know, they they drafted my, sorry, they drafted CD, drafted Micah. Like, it started heading in the right direction. You're just like, damn. Like, we had Jane Slater on here talking about (laughs) this is is blowing up already. Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing about, Belichick is though Mike if it, Nolan? Did, if it did get to the point where Jerry just called Bill and said, "Hey, what's up? You know, how's it going? Just just break the ice." If Bill if Bill called Parcells 
about it and said, hey, Jerry just called me. What should I do? Parcells would 100% be like, you have to do it. Go well, for hold it. on. Let's go but, back to this. I think this is an interesting topic that no, one, that no one's really talking about. Let's look at it from this perspective. Let's look at it from a Bill Belichick every day going home, looking in the mirror going, I need to get one more Super Bowl so I can, I can, it doesn't, I don't leave with one less than Brady. You know, I just see these, you know, there's a lot of joking around and, and obviously it's a lot of truth to the whole Shaq Kobe that how pissed Shaq was when Kobe got another ring because it would be more than him. You know, just that rivalry there. If Bill really, his goal is, I don't care where it's at, what I have to do, I need to get another ring. What job gives him a better chance than this one? That's going to be a job in the NFC away from Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, and all those Aaron Rodgers. Even if he's not the Falcons, it's the NFC. It's the Dallas Cowboys. It's not the Falcons. Eagles. It's not the Chargers. You know, Cowboys or the Eagles. The the Bills lose next week. They move on. Can you imagine? Can you imagine if Belichick went to Philadelphia? Oh my God. Yeah, I don't think he would, but yeah, yeah, I, don't uh, think he would either. I think he hates that city. And uh, hey, don't, let's not forget here. I, I, I don't know. You guys may know more than me. I, I think the reason that Ezekiel Elliott was in the NFL this year is because Bill Belichick called up Stephen and Jerry. Said this guy yeah, anything left? For sure. They went, Hell yeah. Yeah. There's connections here, and has been for a long time. Oh no, no, he, no. Bill's Bill's friends know? with uh, with Jerry and Stephen. I'll tell you, whenever he's talked about Jerry, it's been very glowing. Uh, yeah, Bill, you know, like to the point where I was like, damn, I can't believe he said all that about Jerry. Like, no, there's far more respect there than I think the fans on the outside might think. Uh, but I, I just got to go back to it. Like, it can't be the Patriot Bill Belichick. He's going to have to give up a little bit of to make it work. He's going to have to meet Jerry. I'm not saying halfway, but he's going to have to meet him a little bit, you know, and and he's going to obviously have to have that thick skin for when we're asking him questions about, well, Jerry said on the radio, whatever, or Jerry said this, like, he's not going to, I think that wears on anybody, to be honest with you. So I guess, hey, I guess I just said that we're part of the problem. (laughs) Yeah, but I'll tell you, like, it would be, I would want to be a fly on the wall the first time if, like, Belichick got hired. He comes in. And he's like, "So, Jerry, we're going to trade Micah Parsons, and uh, and and we're going to try oh, to get this ridiculous." No because trust me, man. Trust me. I've seen this with Lord Malloy, Richard Seymour, Randy Moss. Like Chandler I've seen Jones. this happen. <laughs> Chandler Jones. Like I've seen this so many times. I'm not saying he would do that with Micah, but like with Micah in particular. But there would be some player that Jerry is going to because we know how loyal Jerry is to his guys, and Belichick would go like, "Yeah, we're we're about to deal this guy," and Jerry. I would love to be a fly on that wall. You know, a, a question I got for you on that side. I wonder, would it be that way, though, with making as many of those moves with Bill now? Because it would all have to come down to how many years, like what's his window? How many years does he plan on coaching? Because when he's doing that, when he's taking over the Patriots, as crazy as it sounds, I bet you he envisioned to a certain extent what he did with the Patriots. Like not being there five years, being there 20. You know what I'm saying? Like, So you can make a lot of those moves because it's not just about this year or next year. It's for like three, four, five years down the road. Yeah. I wonder if he took over for the Cowboys if he would be thinking like that, whereas more of a, nah, I need I need as much talent as I can get. I'm only going to be here two, three years, so I can't be moving on from Micah Parsons. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think so. I, I think I, I think you're you're there it's a good point. And I, I think you have to have one trusted figure on both sides. I think every every time Belichick let go let go of Laura Malloy or Chandler Jones or Richard Seymour. One, he knew that he can orchestrate the defense, but he also had Brewski and Harrison and all these guys. And then anytime he let go of a guy like Randy Moss or Dion Branch, which like I know most NFL fans don't think much of that, but that was Brady's best friend 
back in the early 2000s, and they just let him go over a contract. He knew that Brady would make it work with Doug Gabriel and Rache Caldwell and, and all these guys. And I think as long as he feels that way about about something over here, I think he'll be. I think he could do it. And then the other thing I'll say to you about the Parsons thing, real quick, is just that I think he'd be great for Parsons in a, in, a, in a stance of he would just be able to use so much comps to Lawrence Taylor with yeah. Micah that would really get Micah in, intrigued. Yeah. You know, like if he wanted to use him in a different way from week to week. You know, obviously during all those the Patriots dynasty years, it was always people talk about how great Bill was from week to week, changing up the game plan. I could see him really getting a lot of buy-in from Micah by just simply being like, no, this is why I'm using it like this. We did this with LT, and I can just see Micah eating that up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, no, for, for sure. sure. Okay, let's end this with a quick LCD sports system question, okay? Lowest <laughs> common denominator, but just to have a little fun, we'll go around the horn here. We'll start with you, John. What do you think will happen, and what do you want to happen? Um, I think that... I think that Jerry's going to stick with Mike and I, and I'm surprised that I'm, I'm saying, I just think that he's going to look around and he's not going to see the option that is significantly better than what he currently has. I think there was a time when it was going to be Dan Quinn. I don't think that's it anymore. And so because of that, and there is no more of that Sean Payton thing out there, or remember for the longest time, people would talk about John Gruden and that, or uh, a lot of these guys like, and I don't think the Belichick. I don't think Bill's going to do some of the stuff that we said, like go out of his way. If he does, then yeah, that makes total sense. So I'm not saying that I'm at like 90 percent that I think Mike's back, but I think I'm at I'm at a higher percentage now than I was yesterday. So I'd say I'm at like maybe 50, 55. Okay. Um, and for me, I think I think Belichick would be the most intriguing just because of his resume. Um, but also for me, I don't dis- I, I I like Mike McCarthy. Like I like um, dealing with him, covering a team. He's 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 good to us as as writers. Uh, and I also think it could be a lot worse than Mike McCarthy. So uh, good luck selling that to the fan base, though, because they're not going to want to see that. They're not they're not going to want to just run this thing back. And it's not going to be fun writing about this team for the next three hundred sixty five days because there's just going to be a lot of the same stuff. So. After the game, I thought there was like an 80% chance that Mike was out. Uh, but every day that goes by that Jerry doesn't make a decision, or, or at least publicly, I think is, is, a good, is a good thing for Mike McCarthy. So uh, I'm leaning at 55% that Mike McCarthy is the coach. Todd? I think, I, I think, I, I think he's going to pull off a Belichick. Um, I, 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 you said what I think is going to happen, what I want to happen. So I think that he's going to go after Belichick. And I think he's going to like, I I don't know how, if he goes after him, it doesn't work out. It doesn't. I, I think the Belichick Parcells relationship might play a role in this too. Cause I know Parcells has always been heavily involved with his people. He, you know, had weekly phone calls to Mike Zimmer and was always in Sean Payton. Like I'm talking when Zimmer was in Minnesota and things like that. Dan Campbell now. Um, yeah, Dan Detroit. Campbell. Like I know, Parcells is very involved with his people, and I think I think that will be that will play a role. Um, and I think he's going to do. I, I want McCarthy. I think I think McCarthy being back is fine. I think I don't think that was the issue. But uh, well, if, if it is Belichick, though, what will be really interesting to me is what happens at offensive coordinator because Schottenheimer is such a McCarthy guy that I don't know if he's back. If McCarthy's not, and 
when when your when your head coach is your offensive coordinator and play caller, and you lose your head coach, all of a sudden, like Belichick being a defensive guy, I don't know what happens. I mean, you're gonna lose Quinn, but Belichick is you know defensive guy. But I don't know what you do on offense at that point. Oh, if it's um, Belichick, you get uh, Matt Patricia to be your OC. <laughs> oh. Yeah, that would be that would be scary. Um, but but it's but it's it's something that you know when John and I were talking about this, just uh, just having a conversation, like like he brought up a good point. Like so much was catered to Dak, like in terms of McCarthy came in. Let's not change anything. Let's keep Kellen because Dak. I mean, if Belichick comes in, unless you can get Schottenheimer to stay on and 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 give him play calling duties and offense coordinator, all that kind of stuff. I think there's going to be a pretty seismic change. Yeah. Uh, people will roll their eyes. Dude, you want an OC or a passing game coordinator? Cliff Kingsbury's not doing much. He's kind of hanging around. <laughs> oh, he played for he played for Belichick for a year, I think. Um, That's right. I don't, has... call, I don't know if you call it playing. But... <laughs> the Jones family and Kingsbury are friends. So keep that in mind out there. Uh, what I think will happen, I do think they will run it back. Uh, I what happens to Dan Quinn is purely up to if Dan Quinn gets hired or not. I can see a world where he doesn't get hired and is your DC again. Uh, but I think they end up running it back. What I want to happen, Coach Prime. Let's go. Oh, stop it. God. Let's get What are you going to do with all four of those Let's wins? Let's make it fun. Let's just get crazy. Let's do bits. That's so you don't that's want to win Kardashians. Okay, that's truly Kardashian level right there, dude. That they're the is, Dallas Cadillacs. It's what we are, you know. Yeah, well, I would, not I would rather. From it. I'll go back to winning twelve games a year. I'll, I'll take that instead. Thanks. Okay. What is he hey, showing you that makes Jimmy you Johnson? Think, uh, that makes more sense to me than Deion Sanders. And honestly, the Jimmy thing doesn't make any sense because of his what age. About- but. What what is Deion Sanders? Deion Sanders has to win at major college football level for me to even think that that's a realistic yeah, possibility for the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, okay. Well, I'm kidding. That, clearly, you need. Well, I don't know if you should say clearly because on on that social media X app, there's a lot of people that say that. Now my smoke um, detector is going off in here. My place is on fire. Probably. You love to see that. The, do John, you love to yourself. see that? Well, it's Hold not. On. It's not great. What about it's Tom not, Brady? It's happening. It's happening. Bye, John. There he Everybody goes. Father John's calm. putting out a fire. Right. All these yeah, hot no, John, takes. get out of here. John, that's a good way to end it. That's the Cowboys season alarm going off. <laughs> it's on fire. We're going to do something about it. For Father John Vachota, for Saad Yusuf, for Ken Garrison. Keep following all their work. Uh, anything happens coaching-wise, we'll pop in with an emergency podcast because you know we got you covered here on About Them Cowboys. Sorry it didn't go well, man. I don't even know what to say, Cowboys fans. It's a that's it sucks, but it ain't our fault. Um, for John, for Saad, for Kent, I'm Kevin. We'll see you either next week or if a move is made on the next about the Cowboys. We need help. We need Jesus.